0: I invite you to pray with me this morning. Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for the gift of life where we may see death. We give you thanks that your power um, transcends all things, even the veil that none of us on this side of life can see beyond. Help us this morning, continue to press into that hope, to remember that hope, and to live that hope in the world. And it's in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I can't think of many other scripture readings this morning that fit our context that we find ourselves in. The the story of Jesus raising uh, Lazarus and uh, Jesus somehow seeing amidst this moment when uh, Lazarus becomes ill so peaceful, where everyone else around them is moving into this time of scarcity, this time of limitation, this time of death, Jesus sees an opportunity and seizes that opportunity and does uh, the unthinkable bringing life where they saw death. I mean, friends, I, um, I'm sure wherever you are and whatever your life situation is, um, you have at some level experienced this chaos of death. Over the past few weeks, we've been journeying through the wilderness together in the sermon series, and uh, we've been talking about how we find ourselves in the wilderness and journeying and finding our way. And then all of a sudden, amidst that, the coronavirus hits our nation, even though it had been creating chaos in other parts of the world when we began this series, it, it brought that wilderness home to us. And, you know, people have been furloughed. People are stuck at home. People are going through all sorts of routine out of sync. Our kids are at home. We're finding ourselves behind our computers, uh, trying to do Zoom calls for meetings. We're trying to do homeschooling. We're trying to do so many things, and all of it is new. And it's easy to sort of fall into the temptation to see around us the sense of, pain and chaos because that's what we're living in, right? As I was preparing for the scripture or for the sermon this morning, um, we use this thing in the church. It's called the lectionary. And so a number of the different denominations use it together. It's called the Revised Common Lectionary. And so, between the Episcopalians and the Lutherans and us Methodists um, and a number of others, uh, we use these set of scriptures that are chosen and kind of in advance, uh, three di- or four different readings for each Sunday of the year in a three year cycle. And so this year's uh, Lent 5, which is our Lent Sunday that we're in, couples the story of Lazarus, which I think um, I want to bring up, which is the other Old Testament reading from this morning, which is the story of Ezekiel. And, And in this story, Ezekiel is speaking to a context of Israel after they had seen the destruction of the temple. You know, the the mighty temple that they had when they were out of the wilderness? They had been using this tabernacle, this fancy tent to house the presence of God. And they had been doing it for 40 years. And they they made it into the land that God had promised. They had a king and they built this beautiful wonder of the world, of the temple. And then they were exiled. And then they were able to come back from uh, from their Persian exile. And they were able to be a people and a nation together. And then... They just had to watch the Babylonians come in and destroy their entire city. And so there they were, these ancient Hebrew people looking at their Jerusalem and their temple as nothing but rubble. And the prophet Ezekiel speaks to this. And he says, this valley of dry bones that I see shall have life again. And God tells Ezekiel to proclaim this to the people and to say that God's breath, the Hebrew used there is ruach, which is the beginning when God breathed life over the chaotic waters. It was also that very same breath, the ruach, that animated the first human. Ha Adam, and Eve together brought forth the animated self, the breath that allowed them to move and to live and gave that breath to all living creatures that creep and crawl and move about this earth. And God tells Ezekiel, proclaim to these dry bones that they will experience the breath of God. And then they'll get uh, ligaments and they'll get muscles and they'll get everything they need and they will build back up From the bones. It's not too unfamiliar from the story of Lazarus, is it? That he had been in the tomb for four days. And then Jesus calls him out. And what was bones or death became life. Friends, this is the story of our faith. Where there is death, God brings life. In the world of pastors, we have been uh, lamenting. And uh, one, we have a Sunday morning where it's, our pews are empty and we find ourselves uh, preaching virtually. Which I know lots of different churches uh, have done for many years, but this is a, a new experience for many of us. Um, but it finally sunk in, uh, we thought we would you know, be back, it would just be a Sunday or two, but um, as we were talking as a church council and as, as I've been talking with other colleagues, we we're the church council on Monday when they were meeting or Tuesday when they were meeting were saying, well, what are we going to do for Palm Sunday and what are we going to do for Easter? And, um, and we were toying around ideas of what we might do, all with kind of this like, glimmer of hope that we were going to be back in this space. But then that was quickly reminded by the reality that we find ourselves in. And as pastors, now the conversation is, is, uh, what are we going to do when we come back on Easter? The conversation is, is what are we going to do for Easter? Because uh, we're going to still probably be under the stay-at-home order, uh, given the circumstances and the trajectory of everything that has been going on in the society. And we still have yet to see this spike and the viruses, uh, and the infected people, and so hoping and praying that it might come down. And it feels like death. It feels like we are moving into this place where we see the bones, and how are we going to celebrate Easter together, because we're not going to be able to gather, we're not going to be able to put our flowers on the cross outside, we're not going to be able to take our pictures and do the Easter egg hunts, and do all the things that we want to do. And we're crying out to Jesus, why don't you hurry? Lazarus has died. But here's the thing about life that God offers. We can't build it. If there's anything that Ezekiel and Jesus' story of raising Lazarus teaches us is that there is only one who has the power to bring life. There, it is only through the power of God that the breath of God can come back in and bring forth life. And it's interesting that no matter how hard we try, how hard we put together the pieces even if we could get the bones in the right places and the ligaments to attach and everything in order, even if we were able to, you know, pump the heart of Lazarus to keep the blood flowing, it would be missing that breath of God. That it is only by the breath of God that life comes forth. And this is uh, central to our faith. We, uh, we talk about this journey in our life, and we talk about how we are brought into the work of Jesus. That Jesus uh, wraps us up, and that through this Easter message, Jesus' triumphant death and resurrection, that we die and are raised, um, I had a couple other stories prepared for us this morning, um, but the most powerful of which is, was standing, uh, well, yeah, standing right next to me. Uh, yesterday, I got a, a call from a church member, uh, and uh, Chris uh, Libre said to me, he said, uh, Pastor, I finally had an opportunity to finish this project I've been working on. And I knew nothing of the project. I think a couple people knew, but apparently he had been working for a number of years on building this baptismal font for the church. And I said to him, Chris, I don't think your timing could be any better right now. Because this morning we're talking about new life, about Lazarus being raised, about those dry bones coming alive by the breath of God. And then here we're given, as a community community, a baptismal font. The entire journey of baptism is to go into the waters and to come out new and alive. That we go into the waters with Christ and we come out by the power of the Spirit able to live anew. And I know that we uh, baptize infants in Methodist churches, but it's an image for them that even after being born, the breath of life has been infused within their being. And, and the story of this font made it even more powerful. The story of this font, he tells me, ooh, I almost missed it a little bit. But the story of this font was that he found a ohia log on the side of the road. Dry bones. And he brought it home and he had a vision of what life might look like for that dead tree. And now it'll be a symbol for us of life. That what was once dead found new life. We find ourselves in a time when we can only see the bones. We're at home, can't get out. Some of us are under quarantine and we uh, really can't leave and we just long to go to the grocery store. But my question for us is, how do we pray together that through this wilderness, as we look upon the rubble, God might bring forth life. And certainly, uh, when we see a log on the side of the road, we don't think of furniture for the chancel. The new life looks different than what we expect it to. But I've already seen it during this time, glimmers of it at least. A log becomes a font. Our crafty angels have started to gather materials together and are creating masks for hospice care workers. Sue Pignataro, our congregational care coordinator, is uh, reviving within our congregation the sense of the, the shepherds groups that we used to have many, many years ago and calling them wilderness groups. Then we might connect to each other as the affinities that we are connected to, whether it's the ushers or the choir or the various groups that we find ourselves in. New life, the dry bones are coming to life. We're being forced as a congregation to learn about technologies that consultants have been telling us for years, almost a decade, that we need to start utilizing as community of faith. Doing devotionals remotely so that people can engage wherever they are amidst the hustle and bustle of normal everyday life. We're teaching our parents that it's, uh, ownership is on them if you want to raise your children to know and love God. We can't just rely on the church. We've got to bring Sunday school home with us. New life amidst what we see as bones. Bones. That Jesus is calling out to us, rise up Lazarus. And in the wilderness is forging a path for something new to give way. For us to assess who we are and who we want to be. For us to value what's most important to us and to long for that and try to create that new life where there were bones. Rise up, Lazarus. As Mahe begins to play and is going to lead us into a a song of response, I invite you to pray with me. Gracious and loving God, we know that we were forged out of the dust, metaphorically speaking. And that none of this that we experience in life happens without your breath, your spirit infused into all that we experience and see. Remind us of that as we set up new rhythms and new routines and new ways to connect. And as we look to the future, whatever it holds, that we can invite your breath of life to be with us. And to create beautiful things out of what we see as chaos. Once again, breathe that breath of life over those chaotic waters that we find ourselves in and bring us hope. Bring us companionship. Bring us the gift of your resurrection. We thank you that you make beautiful things out of the dust, O God. And we render ourselves to that remaking during this time of uncertainty. Make us new.